Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Be careful of what you do. Big Brother is watching you. You say that you got me all in the mobile. Rather than offer you the illusion of free choice, I will take the liberty of choosing for you. Welcome to the Hurricane Lab's official InfoSec podcast. We're calling it The Leak. We'll see if that name sticks. Uh, this is episode .01, The Reboot. I'm Bill Matthews, Circus Ringleader. I'm Tom Kupchak, Team Lead of Operations and Support. I'm Corey Ham, Pen Tester. I'm Amanda Berlin, Network Security Engineer. Amanda's actually uh, very new with us, so welcome aboard. Yay, thank you. She's uh, she's filling in, uh, screaming at me instead of Ian this week. So it's an important good. job. It is an important job. I need to be yelled at as much as I possible. I will try. So we need to get feedback from our you know many listeners on how well of a job she does to replace those big shoes. Right, it is big shoes to fill. Ian, Ian's shoes. Yeah, he says like <clears throat> at least three words every podcast, and they're always really loud and yelled at me. So Bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bell. Um, so we do have some announcements, some housekeeping stuff. We're hiring people, obviously, because Amanda just got hired. So we're hiring a Splunk administrators, uh, network security engineers, and some security operations center folks. So, you know, if you're interested and you're not a customer, please feel free to apply. We're, um, you just go to the website. It's, it's all linked from the website. So getting right into the news, Lenovo and Superfish. Apparently, Lenovo doesn't actually know what's on its laptops because they said they stopped shipping it. And then I guess they started again. Or they don't know how to fix it. Uh, well, that's that too. <laughs> well, they really- I mean, it, it is software on win- Windows and you have the preload, so... And the registry. No one actually knows what's and on the there. registry. It's impossible to actually delete something from the registry. So. I That's it's true. really super difficult. I mean, I think it's more that they just gave their marketing team a little bit too much power. Yeah, that's what happens when marketing people get in charge of things. They're like, oh, yeah. well, well, people like ads, right? No. But um, right. let's put more ads. Let's and put let's, more ads. Let's, and let's track them a little closer. And let's, instead of just giving people ads like, hey, you might like this chair, let's make sure that they're looking at a picture of a chair before we send them another picture of a chair. Well, that, that's fine because you're not really sure what a chair looks like anyway. So. Well, no, but the hackers who stole the root certificate are definitely sure of what a chair looks like. Yeah, in, very in, aware. in response to all of this, I guess their website was defaced by something called Lizard Squad. Lizard <laughs> Squad. Look, I'm not commenting on the ethics of hacking and defacing, but come on with the names. Can we can we get a little creative? They've yeah, they've been pretty popular. They they were the cause of a PlayStation Network and Xbox Live DOS well, for then a while. They could they should be able to afford a better name. I know. This, <laughs> that's, see, that's really the lame. The actual the eventual reality or the eventual result of that DOS on the PlayStation Network and Xbox was that Kim.com, the owner of Mega Upload, yep. offered them all vouchers to Mega Upload lifetime, like basically thousands of dollars worth of vouchers to nice. say like and then they, they were like, Okay, we'll stop. So, so he was yeah. like, I want to play Xbox with my friends yeah. on Twitter. This is all, of course, on Twitter. It's good guy, uh, Kim.com. Yeah, he's you know doing what no security professional apparently can do. Well, yeah, <laughs> but he's got a gazillion dollars to yeah. do it with. So Yeah, well, yeah. Since he if you have lawsuit. enough money, you can do anything, pretty That's much. That's right. The one thing that was interesting about how that attack actually happened, it was uh, register hijacking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like all DNS. the big ones mm-hmm. now. Are. They're all boring. Yeah, I mean... Would they do send a fax to the registrar or something? 
I think they probably. Hey, Lizard Squad is now the owner of Lenovo.com. <laughs> right. And they're I mean, like, sure, totally, that sounds legit. Totally legit. And, Go, think... and GoDaddy was probably like, Lizard Squad, that's a great name. <laughs> we'll give them that domain, no problem. Lenovo, th- they make that, whatever. <laughs> right. I think it was It was all the same registrar. Yeah, it was It was they not figures. GoDaddy. It was no. another. It was I, like I know. Thought, it was someone that I've never heard of. Any chance I get to poke a little fun at GoDaddy, I, no, I try I to take advantage I completely agree, of it, but so. I, we just want to have accurate facts, Well, too, the good sometimes. news is that after their domain got compromised, Lenovo was able to create an entirely new website for only two ninety nine on GoDaddy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Lenovo, just for the first year. Lenovo.info. Yeah, that's right. So, um, let's see. What else? There was well, maybe they fish. could get, like, Lenovo.Superfish or something. They like probably that. could. Get That's that a domain a... now. Well, they kept <laughs> shipping laptops with Superfish. Yeah, right. they didn't stop. Even after they said they stopped. Right. And it was so. six. They didn't say anything about it until six weeks after the original announcement. Yeah, well, that's a that's a separate issue. Um, you know, people have to stop trying to cover things up. It's never going to work. It's It's never the crime that's... Bad. I think if Lenovo had come out and said, "Ah, yeah, called us. We were we were shipping that. That's bad," and, and just took some ownership of it, I don't think the response would have been as. They did bad. eventually, but yeah, it was eventually, all too late. yeah. But it was late. after like six weeks or however long it was of, uh, we're not really doing that. Uh, yeah. We don't know anything about it. Uh, and remember uh, that this malware spyware had been shipping <clears throat> since September of 2014. So, it's not like it Listen, was like, "Oh, we shipped three laptops with it. Sorry." It if we're going like... to get if we're going to get all up in arms and upset about every piece of malware shipped with Windows, That's we need to start we, we need targets. to we need to start with the antivirus stuff that ships with Windows. Yeah. I mean, come on. That itself is malware. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> did, did you hear that anyone who was compromised by Superfish now has a subscription to McAfee Security? <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So now you can so you wanted to uninstall your malware. Well, now you can have this even more potent malware. Right. Just download just download Windows Antivirus 2015 or whatever the latest. Microsoft one is. Security Essentials. I don't know. Oh, I have well, one that's... that comes up all the time with pop-ups. All right. So as much as we <laughs> and joke, it also about, comes with ads too. About <laughs> people uh, not listening to this podcast, you you wouldn't believe the amount of nasty emails I get from antivirus companies Ooh. every time I uh, <laughs> talk about them on here. So. Antivirus so is the <laughs> only people that listen to this are antivirus companies? I don't know, but I'm actually going to start posting some of them, I think. I'm just going to yeah. put them up on the website. Oh, I think they're hysterical. The Pirate Bay that's, does that, that's too. That's a good idea. I mean, one of them was like from a marketing person. I won't say the name of the company until I decide if I'm going to publish it or not. <laughs> but basically, the gist of it was um, stop calling our product malware. We are not malware. <laughs> I'm like, really? I, I mean, it's, it's sarcasm, people. Get with it. So another last thing I want to talk about Superfish is that the <clears> password <throat> for the root cert was the name of the company that issued the cert, I think. Nice. It was oh. like it was like eight characters. I think I forget exactly. Well, nobody what it would was. ever guess that. No. no it's really course. hard to brute force an eight character password too. I mean root Did they at least put zero one at the end? No, they didn't. It was just a <laughs> exclamation not even zero point. one. No, no nice. it wasn't even password exclamation point. Oh. It was it, it was the name I forget the exact password, but it, it was about eight characters and it was the name of the issuer of the cert. It was like something with a K. I had a customer just recently I mean, they ran us through the ringer about, like, security requirements and all this other stuff, which we pretty much exceed most of them. It was just funny because when we got through all of the rigmarole and all their, you know, do this thing, do that thing, get to the end and they start issuing temporary passwords. And I kid you not, my temporary password was password bang. That's that's pretty good. Did, <laughs> have, did it have a capital P? It did have a capital P. To, okay, so to you meet got, their, you uh, got three of the... To like meet their minimum things. password requirements. That is, yeah, that's a great password. And I'm sure you could change it just by logging into any workstation uh, on the company. Oh, wait. If you were a no. consultant, how could you do that? Yeah, nope. 
So it was it was pretty awesome. Anyway, moving on. Um, so I guess Apple announced something this week or something. You may have heard yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, no one Maybe. cares. I mean, no one no really one listens to Apple anymore. No, they're very relevant. Yeah. That's sarcasm too, by the way, Apple. <laughs> yeah, people are going for to the pay. Apple lawyers. Yeah, out for there. the Apple lawyers out this there. Podcast. People. We know that you're not malware, and we know you're still relevant. We, we, we know people are going to pay ten thousand dollars for the solid gold Apple Watch. You're, yeah, you're going right. to get emails from the dead. Listen, Steve Jobs is going to. Come if back. you buy a ten thousand dollar solid gold Apple Watch, you deserve to have it stolen. That's okay? very true. That period. True. So, I mean, people are asking, obviously, about, like, the security features, and I love security people because they're all speculating about them. Nobody knows what they are yet. Apple's not going to tell you that. All they've said is, you can set a pin. Yes, you can set a pin. I thought this was actually kind of an interesting idea. They have proximity sensors or whatever on the device where you have to type in a pin if you take the watch off. Right. That's pretty cool. I think think it's a good feature. And they also said that the pin would be opt-in, but if you use Apple Pay, it's required. Yeah, Apple Pay required. That's the same on an iPhone. Exactly. Exactly the same. So, I mean... So it's just like the iPhone. Like when the iPad came out, just like the iPhone. Right. Just, yeah. Well, it's... smaller. Well, it's made to be a um, companion device to the iPhone. It doesn't have standalone 3G or wireless. I I really am curious. I bet it's probably using Bluetooth. That's what I was just going to ask. But I don't know what actual... It could be using Zigbee or some other proprietary... I thought I read that it was uh, also using some sort of wireless stuff. Too. It probably could. It's not just Bluetooth because Everything, Bluetooth is unreliable. Yeah. Well, you'd so. put. There's no reason you would ever not put a wireless card in it because it can be used for assisted GPS. And yeah. All that crap. Downloading updates and. But I thought it was cool that they can uh, sense. They know when the watch is on or off. Yeah. That's and really my favorite cool. part of all of this stuff is people are acting like Apple said they invented the wearable market, which they never said. No. I mean, they didn't make any assumptions. They just said, here's our watch. Right. Now we're in this market. But I also like to point out to anyone who used a cell phone or a smartphone before 2007 and uses it now, it's a different experience, and it's different because of Apple. Whether you like them or not, um, same with an MP3 player. Most of you aren't old enough to have used an MP3 player before the iPod, but I did. I remember. And they were terrible. They were hard drives with a play button and a fast-forward button. I mean... They may as well have been like eight track tapes, which I know none of you remember, but same ideas. I've heard of them. Though. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard of them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I don't feel old at all. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you remember like some of the MP3 players prior to the iPod, again, Apple didn't invent that market. They didn't invent any of these markets, but they're making it so that people can actually use it, which seems to be a real problem with a lot of technology people. They really don't like it when you make it so that people can actually use the technology. I mean, I look, I like Pebble. I love the Pebble watches. I think they look really neat and all of that stuff. But have you ever tried to use one? They're not all that usable. It requires some tinkering. The same with the Cuckoo watches, which I love. I mean, I have one. My wife has one. They're fantastic until you go to try to do anything remotely useful with it. And, I mean, Um, Google's going to be their competitor for a long time. Sure. I mean, it's basically going to be the classic. It used to be that Apple was the only ones who could come up with something that people would be like, whoa, that's really cool. But now it's basically Google versus Apple because Google has the, you know, camera, the The really expensive Google Glass. Glass. Google has Glass, and they have, you know, the Google interface that goes on smartwatches for Android. And uh, I think the, the biggest problem with Google, at least in my opinion, is they have not made anything that's really hit with the consumers yet. Like, I They're, mean, Android did... was great, but it took Samsung to make it so that people wanted to use it. Yeah. Well, I think Google is kind of almost a try everything and see what works kind of company. I yep. mean, they're definitely not, they are not above making ridiculous 
products and ridiculous no. services that well, no one... Well, wasn't the Chromecast first out of all of the... The Chromecast might actually be their most successful yeah. consumer product. Right. Um, that, yeah, that is... Like, directly. Like Yeah, because Google. AOSP or Android isn't, is not... Isn't Search and email their most successful? Well, well yeah, <laughs> right. but you know what I mean. Like a piece of, <laughs> a piece hard of to, hardware that... It's hard to consume buy. Search. It's kind of a... I don't it, know. I do pretty you consume it every day, don't you? <laughs> oh, I consume it, but I definitely don't pay for it except for them reading all my emails. Right. But. Right. Yeah. Oh, you pay for it. Yeah. yeah. I don't pay for you, it other than my data. You are the product, of course, yeah. Corey. Yeah, I am the product. So um, anyway, I think bottom line is nobody really knows about the smartwatch security until people get their hands on it and start messing with it. And But generally, yeah. Apple has a very solid track record. Yeah. I mean, in general, I think they do. You still don't see rampant malware on the no. iPhones or even on the Mac. You know, everybody said, oh, you wait till these Macs get more popular. Well, they're 10% they are. of the market share now. There have been some malware. I mean, there yeah, have But been not no. anything near like no. you've seen in the other worlds. And it's, it is really a matter of they just got lucky and kind of escaped the whole... I mean, it was partially by design, but they also escaped the, you know, back in the day, email worms oh, and Trojans. Sure. Yeah. I mean, every operating system back then was relatively insecure. Apple, Windows, Linux, they were all like less secure than they are today. In general. Well, sure. And so back then, it would make more sense if you're writing your first Trojan or Worm or whatever, you're going to target more PCs than less. And But nowadays, since Pretty much could write anything to target any market yeah. at that point. And but, you'd yeah. find a yeah. way to get oh, yeah. oh, some yeah. success, if not you know, but wide usually success. most corporate markets are on Windows anyways, and that's the data that they want. Yep. That's yeah. also true. You get the biggest bang for your buck. The one um, thing I do have to say, though, is... You, talk about Google's wearable product, Glass, and the Apple Watch, you're going to get made fun of a lot less with an Apple Watch than with Google Glass. Unless you buy the gold one. Yes. Then I'm making fun of you. They are pretty expensive. If you have the the gold one, you also probably can pay for Google Glass, so you'll just be ridiculed on multiple levels. I was thinking that I bet a lot of watch manufacturers right now are like, this is awesome. The new price point for watches is $550. This means that all of our watches are now within normal people's price ranges. Well, see, <laughs> I am I'm a watch I'm a gadget guy, but I'm a yeah. watch guy too. I love watches and like there've been a number of watches that have come out that have done it. Like Citizen made one. It, it was awful. A smartwatch? It was well, it was a smartwatch in the sense that it would tell you you had email or it would yeah. vibrate when the phone mm-hmm. rang. I mean, I'm not I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm not the most technically inept either i couldn't get the thing to really work all that well yeah that's i returned it like the next day i was like this is i'm not no no you install some app that has a yeah uh, like one it's basically just you open it up and has one button that says connect basically hopefully this works Uh, yeah that's basically it and that was all the troubleshooting you could do mm -hmm, so anyway so i guess ssl is broken though i'm moving on tom fine enough one button go on (laughs) enough um, it'll work, proceed. Though. That's the difference. Yeah, it's true. Good Just point. works. Anyway, <laughs> so I guess SSL is broken again. Thanks a lot, Surprise. Microsoft. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, I think this is one of the most underwhelming names. I mean, this is basically, it's like we're beating a dead horse here with these fancy <laughs> names, and this one is the most hilarious because, okay, SSL downgrade, cipher downgrade attacks. How long have they been around? Ten years? You've just started At naming At least five them. years. No, we had crime. That was a cool right. name, but not cool enough. 
Um, now we, have we need have logos. Freak. Yeah, they need free. They need logos. They need websites. They need. I mean, Congress has been doing the same thing for bills since like the Patriot Act. Hey, I mean, <laughs> so, uh, the NSA. Uh, I'm has... sure everything works for them. So. Yeah, Congress's approval rating has never been higher. No, <laughs> but I mean, the NSA had randomly generated project names. That's where, like, what is it like? Foxfire, Finn Fisher. We have like, we have randomly generated project names. Yeah. If you go in our chat room and you type bang code name, it'll give you a project code name. Perfect. That's so helpful. Well, it is. <laughs> Congress should use our chat. I agree. I don't know. For for work we do with customers, we typically like call it you know, firewall upgrade. Right. Or... That's so generic. <laughs> you need to call it like Fox. Fish. Well, one of our code name projects is Alcoholic Hummingbird. So that was a good one. Uh, and then we have Hungry Kitten. It's just like random things together. So That's pretty good. That's that's. I personally like that. Verb coming plus bird. noun. Yep. Um, I didn't say our developers were the most creative people. I just said we had a random code name generator. I guess freak is bad or something. I, I I've lost interest in all the SSL vulnerabilities. Honestly, it's essentially a downgrade attack. Someone using a valid secure cipher can be downgraded to be using an insecure cipher. Which yeah, we've been. Yeah, we've been through this. We've been through this. Yeah. One of the funny points though is that. It, the attack is specifically targeted towards like export encryption. Oh, which is funny because that is a silly thing where basically the government back in the day was like, we can't give foreigners right, really right. strong encryption. What, well, what if we can't crack it? That's because it's, encryption is a weapon. That's right. Encryption is a weapon. Just think of the children, okay? Right. It's the same same reason why the Cisco SKUs have the K9 on them. Yeah. That's a that's a weapon. You can't export it. Yeah, it's so stupid. Well, oh, well, you know, we have to be able to crack anything that we give to a foreign company. No one here could be malicious or no. do anything bad. It's only foreigners. <clears throat> good old McCarthyism. Yeah, that's right. Just stay out of World War II. We'll be good. This has devolved into some conversation I don't want to have, so I'm going to move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> so moving Fair Good idea. <laughs> so moving on to the Anthem breach. Apparently, I, I actually learned something from this article. Apparently, the there's a government office that does a security <laughs> audit. But it's for, like a consumer base. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that whole it's, thing. It's mandated, but you can opt out. Well, it's yeah. an optional mandate, which is basically <laughs> voluntary. I, I didn't understand <laughs> that. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> bureaucracy happened, and there was too much funding somewhere, and someone that likes security got hold of some of it. Maybe, but I, I mean, look, I'm not one to agree with an insurance company, period, but I'm not going to let some government office... If I'm not regulated really in any way. Do a vulnerability scan on my network. <laughs> no, and then they were like, well, they wouldn't even let us do trusted stuff. Oh, nope, so I'm going to give you a domain-wide account so that you can log on to every machine here. I probably wouldn't do that either. Now, having said that, Anthem probably should have been doing that for themselves <laughs> or hired somebody to do it. But Definitely. But again, I mean, you know, this OIG or whatever they're called place is like, you know, hey, we think it's because blah, 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 blah. And they, they refuse the audits because we said something bad about them. Um, Basically, no one cares about them. Yeah, that seems and to be the case. And now that someone that someone that didn't care about them in the past got compromised, so they're like, "Oh well, look at if that." You, if you had, but it didn't. Had... It didn't seem to me. And again, I don't know all the details of the anthem breach. No one does. But it didn't seem to me that you were going to stop somebody from clicking a, a link in a malicious email to get compromised or to get the information. No, vulnerability scanning would completely remediate that. Oh, well, I stand corrected then. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. End of podcast. Perfect. That, that'll Especially fix everybody's problems. I didn't realize vulnerability scanning fixed everything. Especially <laughs> vulnerability scanning by government agencies. Right. I right. mean, I'm sure. It's I'm probably sure their notch. own 
proprietary program that they oh, use yeah. for vulnerability scanning as well. It's probably just an old version of Nmap that has a different <laughs> banner. No, it's oh. probably an Excel document with a lot of macros. In it. <laughs> the last that would scan for vulnerabilities. Oh, that's, that's horrible. <laughs> the last government agency that um, I had to work with that did like their own sort of audits or were auditing a customer. It was because of vendor management, and they so they had to audit them because they were going to be a government vendor, and they wanted us to. Um, Disable all of the antivirus on our Linux servers. Done. And we were like, okay. And that was pretty much it. It was like, uh, we were like, all right. So. I'll just not run Clam AV for the next couple of weeks. I'm good. So I don't know. I mean, what shocked me about the article was more or less there is a government agency that's doing this sort of thing. And the fact that Anthem agreed to it even once shocks me, let yeah. alone... Well, they had denied it in recent years. I think probably... Here's well, they, I, they claim they denied it right after they gave them a bad audit. Yeah. But... There was a point that was mentioned in this article that I do agree with, which is that a lot of companies, or at least this is what the article claims. I don't have any personal experience to back this up, but a lot of companies will set up an audit or a pen test specifically so that they look good. Oh, sure. And I could definitely see that as being the case in some places, especially bigger places. And I think that it is worth mentioning that an outside pen test or audit is not a useless thing. And also, if you're good enough from a PR standpoint, you can communicate to your customers that you have a good security team or a good auditing well, system without disclosing information that or, would keep But you again, know. or you can just tell your your customers that you're compliant and they're fine with that too. Usually. <laughs> but, but that doesn't actually mean anything. Right, but again, exactly. they don't but know they're that. still happy about it. Nobody was publishing these reports. Like no. by by law, I guess this agency can't publish their reports and that would be horribly unethical anyway. That's true. So it's not like anybody was going to know. Did you at the bottom of the article it said that like Immediately, when they uh, when the Anthem company refused the audit, they should the other auditing company should have announced it to the public as a public service. Yeah, because there's nothing <laughs> unethical about that at all. Yeah, there, there's well, there's nothing. The only reason you would ever refuse an audit is because you have all these secrets, right? right. There's not like any other reasons, like you know you don't need to or you don't. You're a crappy care, project or, manager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Just any reason. Uh, no, no. The only reason is corporate policy. That's right. Oh, right. Oh, but that was funny how they said, oh, yeah, corporate policy. That's it's a good excuse. It is. Well, I wouldn't, agrees. again, I, mean, I wouldn't. blame everything on corporate policy. I don't blame them. I wouldn't let somebody scan my junk either. No, definitely like, not. I just wouldn't, especially if. Uh, right after you got breached? Especially right after I got breached. <laughs> I. Pfft. Hey, let's be friends now that you got breached. I know yeah. you're insecure and I can probably find it. Yay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I, they're I probably pretty busy. After that breach, or hopefully they're pretty busy after that breach trying to figure everything out. Well, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, incident response and the reporting of how you did incident response is something that we've seen people are absolutely horrible about. Yeah, someone on Twitter yelled at me because I said it was a phishing attack without knowing all the facts. First of all, I'm not a journalist. Second of all, I don't actually care. I was speculating that it was a phishing attack. (laughs) Um, and I said I was speculating that it was a phishing attack. I still say it was a phishing attack. And I still say you can scan. You can put all the firewalls in place. You can put all of the security intelligence you want in place. You're not going to stop. I mean, it's going to be really hard to stop me targeting one person. So, you know, like, let's say I decide to target Kelsey. And Kelsey has some information I want. Maybe it's our Twitter password. Um, you just look at the sticky note on her desk. I mean, done. you could just look at the sticky <laughs> note on her desk. That's true. But if I, if you know, if I wanted to 
compromise our Twitter account. Again, there's smarter ways to do that. But I and I send her an email. Two factor off. <laughs> I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. you, sorry. you stepped on sorry. my moment. Sorry. Damn it. Um, Already messing up the podcast. Your I'm first so time here. <laughs> first and day. I haven't yelled at him yet. Now I forgot my point. Oh, so <laughs> Twitter password. So somebody wanted to steal our Twitter password, and we were stupid and not using two factor off. They could send Kelsey an email, and you know Kelsey could click that link. Free Bud Light. Again, yeah, free, <laughs> free Bud Light. Oh, and great. It'll now be we're like, just you click this link. Now it'll we be just like Twitter with one T. Yeah. Now again, there's some really smart things you can do to detect that sort of stuff. But, but is it worth it, I guess, is the you're question. You're going to get a lot of false positives. You're going to get a lot of false positives, and you're going to spend a lot of money trying to detect that one little tiny needle in the haystack. And, again, I think it's better to take better precautions. Mitigation is better than prevention. Right. Now, I can case. tell you, like, Twitter specifically, their two-factor authentication annoys me to no end because people are always trying to get into my Twitter account. The other day, I must have had 50 uh, two-factor auth requests sent to me. Like people are kind of like, popular. I'm like, I really hope it works. Like, <laughs> I mean, because these people are trying really hard. So, hey, you should take a look at our uh, intrusion prevention log someday. Nice. People hate me. I don't know why. I'm such a nice guy. I know I did. No, right, I know. I know I have multiple. I haven't learned to hate you yet. I have no. brute forced as Billford many times. So anyway, moving on. Uh, I have two choices. All bad all the way around, so I'm going to go with net neutrality. We only kind of sort of I am honestly surprised and kind of, I'm happy, but I'm also skeptical. Because, like, in my mind, they can't make the right decision. That's, That's unheard of. Well, it's not unheard of. I no. mean, I mean, it's happened before. It is rare, especially <laughs> in the modern era, but... That's a lot of lobbying. If you look at it as a battle between a bunch of people on Reddit and on the internet... <laughs> And people and corporations that have billions of dollars in lobbying. Well, see, and the, the corporations lost, and that's pretty rare. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't get crazy. You're getting crazy with the cheese whiz over there. So when the FCC makes a rule, from what I understand, there's like this period of time where people can kind of chime in and comment and, yeah. and like a comment period. Mm-hmm. I hope the people on Reddit still win this argument, but there's going to be a lot of money and a lot of lobbyists involved pushing that conversation. So... Well, they, they accepted a lot of comment. I mean, I think that they haven't officially released the rules. They basically said, okay, no fast lanes. It's now a public service or it's a public utility. Public utility. So that yeah. means we can regulate it. But they haven't said exactly how they're going to regulate right. it. They haven't said you have to give your customers 25 or more megabits. They don't say anything like well, that. There's no specifics. The problem with that is going to be most of the people in the government don't understand the internet. No. No, so trying to regulate it is going to be big series of pipes it's yes. a big series of pipes <laughs> so if, if they put any sort of like numbers in there by the time it gets passed right it'll it, be completely it'll be obsolete BS anyway. anyway yeah definitely still i'm i was surprised that they decided to say let's you know reclassify it as a public utility and keep these corporations from reaming the customer at both ends They're only allowed to ream you at one end now well i hope you know honestly <laughs> i'm not one of these people i don't um yeah you know, I, I mean i stream stuff but it's not so much of a 300 thing. gigs a day it's it's not so much that like it'd be the end of the world if that didn't work anymore or wasn't fast yeah. enough or whatever like I, that stuff doesn't bother me so much it, it's more the reliability thing because sometimes i gotta work from home and i need my internet up so if if they tell time warner you need to invest in reliability because you're a public utility and they were as reliable as my electric company like i never go home and flip a light switch and think 
God, I hope that light comes on. I mean, that never occurs to me <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the light, 99.9999% of the time, the light's going to come on. Definitely. And if it doesn't, it's because the light bulb's burned out. Time Warner, it's kind of a crapshoot if I'm going to be able to... It depends on how many people on your street are also using Netflix. Yeah, exactly. So if, like, your neighbors have your, their lights turned on, you know, your light might not work. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> it, it, just you know... Not as bright. <laughs> that's not how public utilities work. No. So there's going to be a lot of re-engineering that's going to have to be done to if they do start, like, enforcing some of that stuff. Because, again, like, I mean... Electric companies and and traditional, anyway, older telephone companies, um, you know, they used to store things in threes on the shelves. So, like, one was in production and there was always two on the shelf, whatever it was, so that they could, you know, make sure, you know, if it was a receiver or something, they could swap it out very quickly and have no downtime or anything because they weren't allowed to have it. So are there going to be the PSAs like we have in the summertime where we're all supposed to turn down our thermostats? I, and, and we Probably. Don't, don't clog right. the tubes with your cat Right. <laughs> Could no. you stream a little bit less during the snowstorm right. because, you know, we want to equally distribute the bandwidth. I think that this ruling does not solve the consumer problem of ISPs. No. Because the consumer problem of ISPs is you don't have any choices. You don't have any leverage. If your ISP says, hey, your internet speed just got cut in half, you can complain, but you're not going to stop paying them. It's not going to go them. anywhere. Right. You're not going to stop paying them because you have no other option. You're not going to give away. Well, you didn't and, and then Comcast will change your middle name to some yeah. you know, horrible thing and send you a bill with it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the problem for consumers is still there, and it's, it's one of those problems that has been there forever, and it's being solved very slowly by deregulation and well, more. It, it hasn't been there forever because the internet hasn't been around forever. No, Just forever but since in terms the internet, since ISPs have existed, there has been competition issues. Well, from the because I mean, one of the interesting points with all this is that these set of standards that the the, the set of standards that the FCC adopted recently had also been adopted by most web companies and and ISPs informally in like 2000, but in in the form of that like what was it Center Information Exchange st- Standards yeah, something or something? Like that. There was an informal. It was basically an RFC of hey, let's not have fast lanes. Let's allow right. all traffic to be shaped equally. And a lot of people are following it, but obviously some ISPs not so much. And so will anything drastically change? No. But does this lay the groundwork for drastic change to occur in the future? Maybe. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I'll compare it to something the FCC actually understands, which is radio. Back in the old days, the really old days, there used to be this thing called payola, where, um, you know, if I were a record company person, and, and, and there's like, you can read, a, there's a book, I forget the name of it. I'll try to look it up so it could be in the show notes. It's really interesting read because it was basically open bribery. So like record company executives would like literally not making it up, bring bags of cash to the record thing and pay the DJ to uh, play a record. Wow. So if I wanted to have Tom's piano record on a top 40 station, all I'd have to do is take a bag of cash and say, here's Tom's record. And, and oh, by the way, buy your kids yeah. something nice. Bam, I have an instant number one hit because all the radio stations are playing it. That's all I had to do. And it was a big problem, apparently, in like the 50s and 60s when, when the- That was the general consumption. That was like the big thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the same thing now. It's like, okay, so I have Netflix and I have these other streaming services. So how could I possibly be a successful startup if I have to have a bag of cash to give the all the ISPs so that I- I can have fast enough internet access. Also, there's probably so, a regulation that says you can't be an ISP. I'm sure there will be. <laughs> but, um, but again, like with the record companies, you know, they finally, well, 
at least allegedly they got rid of it. I mean, some of the stuff they play today, I, I imagine they have to be bribed. <laughs> but blatant. Or at least deaf. Right. <laughs> yeah, at least. Blatantly, um, though, it's not. It's... But, yeah, I don't think anybody's walking in with bags of cash anymore. No. First so, of all, because they, they there's have only credit cards for that. Right. And there's no one listening to the radio anyway. Right. Oh, yeah, so they don't true. care. They're doing it on the Internet. That that brings up the interesting point of did you hear about Netflix in Australia and New Zealand and that whole debacle? No. Well, basically Netflix has negotiated essentially a fast lane in New Zealand and Australia because they're now they're soon they are releasing and announcing and publicly allowing their Netflix service in those countries whereas before they had to use VPNs to even be able to use Netflix. And so Netflix is obviously under a ton of fire for you guys were in you know, you guys were a net neutrality advocate, and then you, in a different country, you just said, screw net neutrality. We want to have our service prioritized. So it's kind of an interesting legal, or not even legal, but just a public reputation thing. It's like, hey, we love net neutrality, but uh, can we get a fast lane here in Australia where we can... Because I think that at the end of the day, the only reason that Netflix did that in Australia is because that was the only way they could exist. Right. Because It was either access or no access. Yeah. You didn't have a speed problem. Well, I think it was more a bandwidth cap. Because from what I read in the article, they said that the Australian ISPs are notorious for having really low bandwidth caps and really high bandwidth charges. So, like, I read that one of the ISPs and most of them charge. You have up to 100 megabits or 100 gigabits a month. Well, in order for them to get internet, they have to have, like, a really long Wi-Fi connection to Hawaii anyway. That's that, so. Yeah, that's totally true. Um, <laughs> they don't have fiber lines It comes or over on ships. Yeah. Oh, Tom. It comes over in small, on-container ships. It's, like, big... Like, it's like, are, they they are open are up the container ship and out flies the Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's packets. They put the packets in containers, and they ship them across. No, that's not how it works at all. Um, I don't know what that was. Wow. We have a gong we under our... We have a gong... <laughs> Um, that's what happens when your phone falls on the ground. So it's <laughs> basically Australian ISPs. They they only give you 100 gigabits a, or 100 gigabytes a month, and they charge like I think it's like six cents per gig over that. So if you're streaming Netflix every day, sure. like McMaster does, then you are going to hit 100 gigabits fast. Absolutely. So that's why Netflix wants to be because it is kind of unfair when you look at if you're an ISP. You don't want to chart. You don't want to mess with people's bandwidth caps for your own streaming service. You want to you want to allow that above or below the existing cap. So, Netflix is negotiating to have that same preferential treatment. They should just make bandwidth caps go away, unless you're like really abusing the service. But see, to them, using a hundred gigabytes in a month is abusing the service. I don't think I could use a hundred gigabytes in a month. Well, you couldn't because you have really slow internet. Yeah, true. Right. But <laughs> it would, it, it, yeah, yeah, it would take you a long Over time. Over dial-up, yeah. people... you can't stream Netflix. Well, back, I mean, again, back in the old days when it was all dial-up, ISPs had sort of similar problems with oversubscription. Like, you know, you'd call into you'd your run ISP. run out of modem banks. Be, yeah, absolutely. Yep. When I used to work at an ISP, that was one of our yep. top problems because you couldn't get the boss to understand. You had to have enough phone lines to cover at least this percentage of people. But yeah, oversubscription was always a huge problem. And clearly they haven't fixed it. So yeah, I think that there's no, if you're an ISP, there's no reason to inf invest in infrastructure when your consumers have no option. Right. Like if your consumers are mad that their internet isn't working, what are they going to do? They can't switch. Right. Exactly. So you, why would you invest in infrastructure when you know you're not going to lose customers? So well, I, used, I used to work for an ISP that provided um, rural areas yeah. with point-to-point -point wireless. 
charge out the oh, yeah. butt for installation. So it was like 950 bucks just for the router and the wireless yep. yeah. equipment. Yeah, and or then, people you know, in rural communities six, get hosed. 60, 70 bucks a month for horrible like internet services. Yeah. yeah. And then if they were to use it too much, we were told to just turn off their yeah. their radio. Yep. Until they started behaving Because they better. had no other option. Because they had yeah. no other option. Right. They couldn't call and complain. Yes. Well, like, like I have, like where I live, I've got either Time Warner or I've got the local phone company. And, yep. and that's it. Like I have DSL or cable. That, that, yep. Those are my choices. Are you waiting Google Fiber? I, I would oh, love. Gosh. I think I we all are. It's We're like all, all of our Ohioans' dreams. <laughs> yeah, like, Maybe much. they'll notice that Ohio exists maybe. instead of California. Please, we exist, Google, we swear. <laughs> we have addresses and everything. Yep. We have people that have money. We have all kinds of we things. Do? We, have hou- we have houses. <laughs> we have houses, roads. We have kind power of. lines, mostly. No, we mostly have roads. We do Mostly well, have roads. It depends. On if you're in Cleveland, then no, we don't yeah. have roads. They, they, bring... they need some security updates, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the roads yes, have lots need, of holes. Definitely need some security updates. All lots right. of vulnerabilities in our roads. <laughs> Moving on to uh, uh, one of our other new features, the tip of the week. What should be done about protecting your organization from social ooh, engineering? Ooh, ooh. This is my favorite topic oh, ever. Yay. Oh, it's my favorite topic. So um, uh, one of my talks that I'm doing is on user education awareness, right? So what we were talking about earlier is, you know, whether or not it was a fish or not at Anthem and the IR procedures after that and what we can do to block those kinds of attacks and all that kind of stuff. I think, I mean, user education has to be a thing, not just, you know, CBTs being forced on the throats of your users, but... I just went through a horrible user training at one of our customers because you had to to get a account. Actually, the one that gave me the password, uh, oh, password, the password, or password. Bang, yeah. It, it 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 was pretty atrocious. Uh, yeah. CBT stuff. It was it was really because they don't work. Well, it was all browser based. Most of the answers were wrong. Oh. Uh, the test had, the stuff had been written in like probably late. Was it 2000s. like front page frames? It was. It wasn't front page frames. It wasn't quite that bad. But it did look like something I would put together for a website, which is not <laughs> not, not a good thing. The problem is you're fighting a losing battle against human nature. Yep. Because social engineering is the art of exploiting human nature. Exactly. And well, that's it's hard to tell people, hey, every time you look at an email, just look at this list of 10 things that could be wrong and well, check also, all of them. And not necessarily that, but teaching them if they do do something wrong, that they need to report it to somebody and having an IR procedure around that to actually do something with that information. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But, like, so let's say we do all that, right? And we get all the user training and, and 95% pass rate or whatever it is on there's the... There's still 5%. Uh, there's still 5%. <laughs> but then let's say I send an email, let's say it's at Anthem, and I send them with without an H in the domain name, but I send it from the president of the company. How many people you think are going to click on that link without really looking at it and forgetting their security training? Because... You only need one. Right. I, I, well, A, I only need one. <laughs> But B, and I'm sending it from the president of the company, and let's say the subject is impending layoffs or right. you know something like that. People Payroll. are going yeah. right. to click on it. So you, I don't think your bonus for this year. I'm sorry. Your bonus for this year. Yes. I had so, a, I, I sent out a really good one that was just a PDF that said Jimmy John's coupon. It was from a Gmail address. Yeah, it usually doesn't. Cli- hundreds of clicks. It usually doesn't have to. Uh, have to be something extreme like impending layoffs. It, it right. literally could be Jimmy John's coupons. Yes. Or free Bud Light if you're Kelsey. Or free, free Bud, Bud Light. Light. Oh, how many emails are you going to get with free <laughs> Bud Light after this? 
Kelsey at HurricaneLabs.com for anyone to participate. If you want to send us data on how your attacks have gone, please. Please, please let us know. Send it to Bill at HurricaneLabs.com. Oh, don't worry. They all have my email address. Don't worry about that. Gets all the flame email. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. So not not just uh, sending your users through the CBTs, but phishing them internally on a good basis. Or you could hire Hurricane Labs to do a social or you could, test. <laughs> well, you could, but not monthly. But then you'd have to deal with Oh, Corey. well, you could. You could hire us monthly. I'll do they're it. Gonna, great, oh. they're going to fire me. We do, we do lots of <laughs> monthly tests. Um, so, yes, you can hire us monthly if you really want to. Please but, don't, though, because I don't like don't. doing it. It's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of It's, it's a lot one of, of those things, again, and, and again, and my, my thinking on it's evolved quite a bit. Um, we don't like doing those kinds of tests because, honestly... It's human. It's human, and it's... Con artists have existed long before the internet. They'll exist long after the internet. There's no it, patch for con artists. <laughs> right, there's stupid no patch for that. There's no patch. Well, you know what? Even I don't say stupid people, though. I don't, honestly buy, I don't honestly buy that it's just because it's all stupid people. No, no. It's just I mean, good con artists. Right. Even the d- smartest person can get their watch stolen or get, we get hire, anyone fooled. We hire a lot of smart people here. I mean, we try to. Not not anybody in this room. Oh, but not Kelsey. I was confused. Um, Sorry, Kelsey. But we do hire a lot of smart people. I, I bet you, and I've hired every one of them, I bet you if we faked an email from me, nobody would check the headers. Nobody would do anything. It depends on what you. it says. It depends on what it says. It would have to be something that at least sounded something like yeah, what I would say. Definitely. All, all you Can need we to try do this? Is send, sure. We have send, done this multiple times. We have done this. Awesome. We have, there have been multiple emails from Mitt Romney Sent to Chainmail <laughs> that were from also from Bill. That's that's why I open everything. All we have in a to do is VM. send an email with someone's first and last name in the subject, right. and everyone will read it. Everyone right. will read it. Right. Everyone will open it. That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes they'll be shocked, like when your name was in it. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't send links around, which sucks. That makes it yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah. But that's we do. True. We have attachments and all kinds of other fun things. So and getting internal, well, getting customers or companies or whatever to not send links and emails as a corporate policy is yeah those are those are always difficult. my uh super my favorite difficult. ones when when people get breached they'll send out like we never send links in email now click on this link, link to, to change, change your, your password, password. <laughs> <laughs> like, really <laughs> wait anyway i don't know that there's uh a there's lot. no catch-all yeah solution. there's no catch-all no. yes there's lots of things you can do it's all mitigation um yeah, it's all mitigation. It's all having a good response plan to the big bad thing that's going to happen. Um, because you're going to get breached no I matter mean, what. Again, I'm not a I'm not a fatalist either. I don't believe everyone's destined to be breached, but I also you should think, plan for it. I also think you should always always plan to be breached and beat the curve. So if you're yeah, if you're slightly better than Company B, who's right next to you, then right. you, they'll probably get breached. So you're good. Yeah, that's that's actually absolutely oh. the case. I mean, because the criminals are nothing if not lazy. All right. I think that's the end of the podcast because Ooh. Kelsey's got this panic look on her face like it's not recording. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.